Well, praise the Lord. We are here tonight to talk about the subject of what? A better promise. Amen. We're talking about better things. Amen. And uh, it's been better. As one man said, it gets gooder and gooder all the time. And uh, But it's been better in my life ever since I made that choice and that decision to turn my life over to him. Amen. Amen. And every day that I wake up and I, li- and I walk with the Lord, it just gets better and better and better. And I just, uh, as I look back over the years that I've served the Lord, I can't think of anything else I would have rather done except maybe come to the Lord way before I did. Amen. But I'm thankful for these these blessings that he does give us, and, and one of them is he gives us a better promise. Amen. The world promises us a lot of things. Amen. They, they'll promise you uh, all kinds of things if, if you'll do this and do that, and and uh, the world will, will set these these uh, requirements in front of the promises that they make. You know, politicians make promises to get elected. And, and so, and sometimes they keep their promises and sometimes they don't. But I'm thankful that I serve a God that keeps his promises. And his promises are so much better than man's promises. Our key scripture tonight for this this series that we're talking about is found in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, and it says, and it's on your paper there, But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. Amen. And God made a promise to Abraham. Matter of fact, he made a covenant with him, and he, the Bible says that he, when he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. And so he said, if I'm not God, if I don't do this, I'm not God. By, by swearing by himself, that's what he was saying. If I don't do this, I'm not God. And so God has kept his promise, hasn't he? He's blessed the people of Israel, amen, and by extension, he has blessed us and given us this, this great salvation. And he's given us the ministry of reconciliation so that we can turn around and take this thing that we have received. The Bible says, freely you have received these great and precious promises of his. The promise of salvation, the promise of deliverance, the promise of all these things. He's given us these great and precious promises and he expects us to turn around and, as the scripture says, freely ye have received, freely give. Amen. What's the one thing, what's one of the things that all of us can give away every day, in, just in the natural, that you can almost be guaranteed to get it back as soon as you give it? A smile. A smile. And I find that to be true just just passing people in the store or looking over at somebody in traffic, if you just smile, then they might be having a bad day and they almost can't help themselves but smile back. It's not always the case, but in 90, 98, 99.9% of the time, that would be the case. They don't know why you're smiling at them, but it's just a smile is contagious. 
they tell people that work in like telephone call centers and stuff, um, when you're on the phone with clients and customers, smile while you're talking and people can hear you smiling. They can tell that you're smiling and and it and it me it makes a difference. It makes a difference if you're frowning and if you're if you're all down and 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 out when you're talking to them on the phone, they can hear that in your voice. And so Amen. So we are talking about his promises under letter B this evening. I, it's, I think Brother Parker kind of left off there somewhere there. So it's, there are it's 12 of these points, and I'm going to try to hit a few of them tonight. <clears throat> and so we're going to talk about the number one there says his promises are unfailing. His promises are unfailing. It says in 1 Kings 8:56 there, Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel. He had given them rest. Why? Because they had been through some stuff. They had been through some battles. Isn't it wonderful when the Lord allows us to go through some battles and we get to that place where we find that place of rest? You know, it's very... Very specifically, the Lord took them to a place of rest. He said, okay, you've had enough battles. You've fought enough. I'm going to put you in a place of rest. Amen? According to all that he promised, he promised them. There hath, there hath not failed one word of all his good promise. When God makes a promise... It says right here, there is not one word failed of his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. God keeps his promises. They are unfailing promises. Now, most of us, I would like to believe that I keep my promises. Wouldn't you like to believe that you keep your promises? Amen. I want to know that that I'm a person of integrity, that, that not that I care what people think, but a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. I used to tell my sons that when I lived back home. My last name was very well known around the city of Louisville. And I told my sons when they went to high school and stuff, I said, you've got to make sure that you keep that good name because people know that name in the city. And then when they see that name, especially older folks, they're going to automatically think of, that generation that they knew. And so I said, it's important. So you got to be a young man that keeps his word, keeps his promises, and that lives right and acts right and does right, represents the Lord Jesus Christ and all those things. So we've got to, you know, we made a promise to God when we came to the altar of repentance. We made a promise to God when we got out of our pew and we walked down the altar and we, we made a decision as the say in the religious world we made a decision for Christ and we made that decision just like that bride that, that walks down that aisle when, when the groom's standing up here waiting she's made a decision they they are at that point they've made a decision they're going to do the thing they're going to tie the knot and make this a lifetime thing and so we made it we made a promise to God I don't know what you said <clears throat> I don't even remember what I said but I'm sure that it was something along the lines of, God, 
if you'll do this, I'll serve you the rest of my life. That's how serious I feel about this. When we started feeling God and we started feeling that tugging and that wherever it was, whatever, whenever it happened, we made a promise. And, you know, some people don't keep their promises. We, every one of us knows somebody that's backslid, that's reneged on their promise to God. But God has always remained faithful to his end of the bargain. Amen. We were talking about contracts. We were Sunday. And, and so God always keeps his end of the bargain. Always. Even when we don't, he is still faithful. When we walk away from God and live out, not saying that, that any of us are doing that, but when someone does that, he is yet faithful. And the amazing thing is when somebody like that comes back, just like that son that came back to that father in the Bible. He didn't stand at the gate and say, don't you come in here, you filthy, rotten sinner. What did he say to his son? My son was dead and now he lives. His son finally got to that place. And so when somebody comes back to God, he doesn't push him away. He still maintains that the promises of God are still true. Amen? And so God's promises are unfailing. He keeps his promises. Let's turn to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So we are using our Bibles tonight. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 6. When you're there, say amen. It says, Rejoiceth not in iniquity. This is the love chapter or the charity never fails chapter. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, Endureth all things. Charity never fails. And that word charity there is agape in in the New Testament. And that is that God love. That's that unconditional love. And God's love, his promise to love us never fails. His love never fails. He is not going to back out on his promises to us. He's not going to fill us with the Holy Ghost and then back out of his deal. And say, oh, sorry. Amen. So how many are, I mean, I'm thankful tonight that I serve an unfailing, trustworthy, faithful God. When God makes a promise, he keeps his promise. When it's it's in this book, it's his word. Like in the old days when men would shake hands and That would be a form of a contract. Their word was their bond. And when two men shook hands and said, deal, it was a deal. And both of those men had enough integrity to to keep that contract between themselves. There was no paper to sign. There was no lawyers. There was no, no, no notary public or any of that kind of stuff going on to make sure that both ends weren't going to back out of the deal. God... I loved if we I would love if we had that today. 
But we really, in, in many cases, we do have that. There are men of integrity. There are men that their word is their bond. And God's word is his bond. It's his promise. It's his commitment to us. God will not fail to keep his word to us. Book of Hebrews chapter 13. Glad to see Brother Wayne and his son come in tonight. And Sister Vicki. Hebrews. Let's see here. There we go. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For for he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. He promised. He didn't say that that we wouldn't have times where we didn't feel him. How many has ever been there where you didn't really feel God and you wondered if he was there? And you're going through that trial, you're going through that test, you're going through that difficult place in your life. He He never, as the song says, he never promised us a rose garden. Right? He didn't say we wouldn't have trials and tests and pressures and all the things in life. He never said that we wouldn't go through some things. If And if I read my Bible right, there's there was a lot of people that served God initially that went through a whole lot of stuff. A whole lot more stuff than we've even come close to going through. Right? None of us have been beaten for the gospel. Amen? But we've had to go through some stuff. And I feel like and I believe that God allows those things in our life for a reason. To help to build our character. Or should I say his character in us. Amen? You know, rose bushes are beautiful. And they those knockout rose bushes will get way big. They'll get huge. But you know what they tell you to do at the end of every season? Cut them back. Cut them way back. And you think, that doesn't make sense. But you watch when that next season comes. They explode. And so God has to purge some things in our life, and he will allow those trials and tests in our life. Amen. But he said right there in Hebrews, he would never leave us nor forsake us. Right? He said he'd never, never. I don't like to say never. I believe in the policy of never say never. I said I'd never join the military. Guess what I did? A couple years later after I said made that statement. <laughs> and I somehow believe that God in, in his love and infinite wisdom said, oh, really? <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I might have even said one day, I'll never move to Wisconsin. I don't know if I don't remember saying that, but it's possible. And God might have said, oh, really? Really? He controls my life, so how can I say that? You know, the Bible says if 
don't don't make these statements about I'll go do this and I'll go do that and I'll make all these plans and he says because you don't know what tomorrow holds you no man's promised tomorrow that's what he said but he promised us he'd never leave us never forsake us amen sometimes you got to go through the trial sometimes you got to go through the storm amen like the like the picture I saw in the office that ships weren't made to sit in the harbor. They were made to go out there on the ocean and be in the storms. They were designed to withstand that. So God has put something in us to go through those times. It's called the Holy Ghost. Amen. Trust in Him. Having faith in Him. So I'm thankful today for God's unfailing promises. It's a better promise than this world can offer. It's a better promise than even a family member or somebody a friend could make to us. I don't, I don't know that I've ever heard anybody humanly tell me, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. The closest I can get to that is my precious wife. And she did say that. Till death do us part and sickness and in health and all those things. And she's kept her end of the bargain and I've kept my end of the bargain. That's about as close as we get in this life. Amen. Amen. And so I just, I'm thankful today for God's promises. Number two, his promises are infinite of infinite value. We are finite. Are we not? You know what finite means, right? Finite means we have something that's finite has a beginning and an end. Right? Like a person that is born and lives to the age of 82, and then they die, they are finite. They had a definite start in place and a definite ending place. Finite. That's what finite means. Infinite. If you remember that symbol for infinity, that little sideways eight, infinity means what? It goes, keeps going in that direction, and the number line in math, and it keeps going in that direction until you can't draw another line, and that, that'll never happen. So it just keeps going. So God is infinite. And he, this infinite God, comes down around his finite people that he created and he gives us promises. So his, the value of his promises are infinite. The scripture there on the paper says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Not just promises, but exceeding great and precious Promises. That's a lot of adjectives in there. Exceeding. That one scripture, where is that? Ephesians 3 and 20. Exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Exceeding abundantly above all that we can. Exceeding means it's just like way out there beyond your imagination. To me, that's what it means. Exceeding. In God's terminology, exceeding great, not just promises, but exceeding great, awesome promises and precious promises. We're precious to him. We're his precious people. Now, I don't know about you, but the promises that God has made to me, the promise to keep me and deliver me and save me, God's promises mean a lot to me. They are value. They have great value to me. And they should have great value to us. We should not take the promises of God and just, and just take them for granted. 
right? Well, we, we can't just say, well, we can't just assume that, well, just because we come to church every Sunday and every Wednesday that God's, you know, it's, it's more than that. This is a lifestyle. And I'm going to make sure that I'm going to keep going back to Sunday service. I'm going to keep my end of the bargain because his promises are, are valuable to me. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to mess that up. I don't want to mess that up. Psalms 103, verse 17. Psalms 103, verse 17 says, But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. His mercies, the Bible says, and his compassions are new every morning. Amen? How infinite in value is the promise that he would never flood the earth again with water? How awesome of a promise is that? Tell me God doesn't keep his promises every time you see a rainbow in the sky. God keeps his promise. Amen. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Or that term man is more like humanity, like an individual. So effectual, fervent prayer works. It works. Amen. Knock and keep on knocking. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Don't stop. Well, I've prayed 150 times. I'll just quit. What did Jesus say? You had to forgive 70 times 7? Right? Peter asked him, how many times, Lord? Seven? No, 70 times seven. An infinite number. You have to keep on forgiving. You have to keep on asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. If you want to see that family member saved, you, God said he would that all men might be saved. And, and so you, sometimes it's like you have to use that scripture and say, God, you said that you've you would that all men might be saved. Well, I'm praying for my husband, or I'm praying for my brother, or my wife, or my dad, or whoever. And God, I'm going to hold you to this. And you just, it's not like we're challenging God, but it's his word. He said he would that all men might be saved. Save my family member. In Jesus' name. We heard our pastor talking about his brother down in Florida. Now he's He's sitting in a church with some guys having a discussion and a study about receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's, a, that's amazing. Apparently, it hadn't always been like that. So God is working sometimes in ways we don't see or understand. Amen. My wife and I have seen that recently with our sons and some things, some situations that it's definitely the hand of God at work. We can't really give any any other credit to any other outside source than that. 
And it, it goes back to our fervent, consistent prayer for them. We, we've never stopped praying for them since the day they were born. And so, and I'm not going to stop. Amen. So his promises are infinite in value. It's just, it goes beyond what we can see, beyond the spectrum of, of where we can see even down the road. We, God, the prayers that we pray and the promises of God go beyond our imagination. They go beyond our understanding. Why is it? The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And so this scripture says we are given exceeding great and precious promises that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. He promised one day that he would come and he told his church, I'm going away, but I'm going to come back. And he told his disciples that day, go and tarry in the upper room until you be endued with power on God, on high, from on high. Thank God he kept his promise. Because the promise, what do they, what, what's the, the Bible call that day of Pentecost when, when those people were filled with the Holy Ghost for the very first time? The promise of the Father, right? That's what the Bible calls it. Stay in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. The promise of the Father was going to come to them. They had no idea what it felt like, what it looked like, what it smelled like, but they were there. And God kept his promise. And he's still keeping his promise to this day. Because that book of Acts experience, the book of Acts doesn't end. So that continues to happen to this day and will continue to happen as long as we're doing our part of the bargain. As long as we're keeping up our side of the contract. Amen? Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So God delivered us from a lot just by keeping his promise that if we would repent, he would fill us with the Holy Ghost. He would make us a new creature in Christ. Amen? Praise God. Number three, his promises are brighter, are for brighter days. And it says there, And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham thy father and God of Isaac, the land wherein thou, li- thou liest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed. And thy seed shall be as the dust of the earth, and thou shalt spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south. And in thee and in thy seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. We are blessed to this day because of the Jewish people. You, you would be shocked at the, the large number of patents that have been issued to people of Jewish descent. Anybody in here ever use a thumb drive? You know what I'm talking about? Jump drive, thumb drive, USB drive. A, an Israeli, a Jew, Israeli Jew designed that, invented that. All kinds of our technology comes from those people. And so I don't know if that necessarily applies to this, but it says that, that in thee, in thy seed, shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Amen? We are blessed. Thank goodness that the Jewish people kept doing what they were doing. Thank goodness that, that, the, lineage of Je- that, that the lineage came all the way up to the day of Jesus Christ, who was a Jew. Thank goodness that we have this truth 
in earthen vessels. And we, I don't know about you, but I can honestly tell you that I've had brighter days since I came to know the Lord, since he came to dwell inside and live inside of me. I'm not going to sit here and lie and say every day has just been peachy keen and wonderful. Right? Like I heard one person say, we just have better days than others because God doesn't have bad days. So we can't really say we have a bad day if we're living for God, right? We're just having a better day today than we were yesterday. But God is faithful. He's faithful. You know, I, it, it almost sounds silly sometimes when, from a worldly standpoint, if you think about you know, every one of these scriptures that you can go to and encourage yourself, but it's, it's true. It almost sounds, almost sounds too good to be true sometimes in our flesh. But you can go to the book of Psalms. You can go to the book of Proverbs. You can go to these scriptures that say, He will never leave me nor forsake me. God, you said you'd never leave me nor forsake me. You said it right here in your word. You said if I do this, you do this. Right? God, you said if we did this, this is what Israel did, that you'd give us the battle. Right? So we have a brighter day because of the things that God did in us. John 10 and 10. Book of John, chapter 10, and verse 10. Very familiar passage of Scripture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen? We have this awesome, wonderful salvation life that God has given us. But he said he would give it to us more abundantly. And so I am thankful today for this abundant life, this, these brighter days. You know, the Bible says, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. And it's set down at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to get to see Jesus. We're going to get to see Jesus. Amen. We have his spirit dwelling in us. And when his spirit leaves this earth, anything connected to that spirit is going with it. That means me and you. And so we we have so much going for us. (laughs) It's not fair sometimes. It's really not fair that we keep this to ourselves. It really is not fair to those people out there that don't know who Jesus is yet. Thank God somebody had enough burden and, and, and willingness to share the gospel with us when we were lost in sin. And we thought we had everything all together. I'm religious. I don't, I don't kill. I don't steal. I don't murder. I don't, I don't do all. I don't lie. I'm a good person. There's a lot of good people out there that are, and a lot of sincere people that are sincerely not where they need to be. And so I, I've got to, you know, as I said earlier, freely we have received. Freely give it. 
share it. They might turn it away. That's not your problem. Just share it anyway. Share the love of Jesus. Just keep telling it. Just keep, you know, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. Pretty soon, the the Kirby vacuum cleaner guy is going to eventually get somebody to, to say, yes, come in my house. Throw some dirt on my carpet and sell me a vacuum cleaner. Right? You will find a hungry person. And believe me, if you will pray and say, God, lead me to the hungry people, he will. He will. In the book of Acts, if you go to the end of the book of Acts chapter 2, and the Bible says that they went about, it really, really, what it says to me is that they went about in their neighborhoods. They went to their friends, their neighbors, their, their co-workers. They went to everybody they could find taking this gospel. Brand new converts. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In one version it says such as were being saved. And so there was a process going on. They were going about trying to disciple people. And what does that mean? That means going about making friends building relationships with people so that the walls come down and you can begin to tell them about your testimony, about the goodness of God and the promises of God, the things that I'm saying here, you could be saying to somebody else. Amen? That's how a church grows. That's how that church grew in that day. Did, I, don't, I don't get the impression that they were meeting in a building. If you read that, the book of Acts, they were always out. If you, if you look at all the miracles that Jesus did, he wasn't, everybody didn't come to where Jesus was except for the, when they brought the man and they let him down through the roof. He was always doing miracles out there among the people, walking down the road, blind Bartimaeus. He was always doing stuff out there. So the, the field is out there, isn't it? Praise God. Number four, his promises show that he will deliver. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of their troubles. Everybody say, I'm, the, I'm, I'm him. I'm that righteous one. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as are of a contrite spirit. Really important to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit before the Lord every day, right? Lord, you're in charge. In, in you, I live and move and have my being. You're the, you're the vine. I'm the branch. I'm just hanging on. I get all the things that I need from you, Father. And, you know, we've got to come before the Lord with the right attitude. And save as such that are of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Well, is that a promise? <laughs> Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Wow. Does that mean we're going to have many afflictions? That's life. That's right. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Amen? Sometimes, you know, the, the Bible says that if we come upon a mountain and we can speak to the mountain and tell the mountain to get out of the way, it will. But I believe sometimes God will put a mountain in your way for a reason 
and and you're, it's not to be moved out of the way. There's something to be learned there. And he expects you to, to overcome and climb the mountain. You know, if you, if you feel like there's a mountain there, this is just me, okay? If you feel like there's a mountain there and you go to that scripture that says, speak to the mountain and remove it, and you keep speaking to the mountain and it doesn't go away, you have to start wondering, maybe God put that there for a reason. You know, we, we <laughs> I heard this one preacher say, we expect this, ooh, you know, this cloud to come down and God to just speak to us in this voice like this. You know, and, and sometimes God just uses things in our life that it's so natural we don't even notice that it's really God working sometimes. Just little circumstances and situations we just think are, well, that's just happenstance. No, it's not. It wasn't happenstance when you came to God. It wasn't happenstance when he filled you with the Holy Ghost. It wasn't happenstance. None of that was happenstance. It's just, you know, you ever had those things happen in your life where you say, you know, the funniest thing happened. I, just don't, I don't understand how I went there and that person that I'd been thinking about, and there they were. Amazing. You don't think God ordained that? You don't think God orchestrates things like that? Absolutely he does. So he shows us that he will deliver. He is in the midst of every circumstance and situation that we are in. The question is, are we going to trust him? Isaiah 55 and 7. Maybe I will go to 8 o'clock. <laughs> Psalms, Proverbs, Isaiah. I got this big Bible study in the middle of my Bible here. And messes me up. Isaiah 55 and 7. Who wants to read that? Somebody read that. He will pardon. He will deliver. God will abundantly pardon if we will just, if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. It's a mutual thing. Going back to the, to the message on Sunday. There's certain criteria that, are, that need to be met on our part. He's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Colossians 1, verse 11. Who wants to read that? One, verse 11. 11 through 14. Who's going to get there first? You there, Wayne? Go ahead, Richard. One of you. Sure, go ahead. 11 through 14.
He redeemed us. He delivered us from darkness to light. We didn't even, I didn't even realize that I was in darkness until I came to the light. And the light of Jesus Christ shined in my life and the light of this world came in. And it's amazing when you get on the other side of receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized in Jesus' name and the light is applied in your spirit and you look back and you go, wow, I really was in darkness. And you didn't realize it. It's so subtle. And so he... He delivers us from darkness. He delivers us from that life of sin. Amen? One more scripture, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Matthew eleven twenty eight. And I think we're going to. Go ahead, Wayne. Wow, what a promise, right? That's a promise that proves and shows that he will deliver. Come unto me, all ye that labor. How many felt like they were heavy laden? They were, because we were heavy laden with sin. But how many people that have come to God were carrying all kinds of baggage and and luggage and all kinds of junk in their life when they came to God. They came dragging that stuff down the altar. You don't even realize the weight that's on you sometimes when when you come to God and when you get up from that altar and you walk away full of the Holy Ghost. And I remember a young lady that we were ministering to, still ministering to somewhat in Louisville, when she received the Holy Ghost, she couldn't stop talking in tongues for almost an hour and a half. And all she could talk about when she could speak in English was, I feel so light. I feel so light. I feel so light. Because all the weights and all that stuff was gone. Amen? Yes. Right. Sure. Oh, absolutely not. I agree. Amen. Right. Just like a baby. You... When a baby is born, how do you how do you know when a baby is born that it's alive? Crying. And if it doesn't start crying, what do the doctors do? It's not out of meanness. They want to hear that cry come out of that mouth of that baby. That shows that there's life, right? So there's no nobody has to say, Hey, hey, your baby's alive. No, you don't have to tell that mother that. They know. They hear their baby. After all that pain and suffering, they hear that baby. That's the most wonderful sound in the world. Both of mine, when they were born, I remember that that's 
that look on her face when she heard that baby boy crying. It was like she forgot all about that pain and suffering. I don't understand, I don't understand that, but that's just the way God made him, I guess. Let's have another one. She said, let's have another one. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Anyway, yeah, that's true. You don't, you don't have to, and we did. So we got two sons, amen. So, And it says here in the Psalms 50 and verse 15 says, And call upon me in the day of trouble. When, what is the first thing you think about when you're having trouble in your life sometimes? It needs to be, the first thing needs to be, God, I need your help. And what did he tell Paul? When Paul tried to pray some stuff away from him, he told him, Hey, I'm not going to take it away from you. My grace is sufficient. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. I put that in your life for a reason. Just be thankful it's there. But it says here that it says, And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. It's really all about God getting the glory, isn't it? Because it's all about Him. Amen. I don't want to put my hand back on the steering wheel, Sister Bell, and say, I got this, God. I'll, I'll just holler at you when I need you. I don't, I don't want to drive that bus anymore. I want Him to be in control. Me being in control wasn't working. Right? Right? When we let go of, his, of our tongue... And let him use our tongue to give us a language to speak. We, we let go. So don't take the wheel back. Let God be God in your life. Amen? One more scripture and then we're done. And it's on your paper there. It says in Psalms 138 and 7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. So that's implying... Even though I'm walking in the midst of trouble, God, even though I'm going through this trouble, even though I'm going through this trial, even though I'm going through this test, even though I'm going through this pain and suffering in my life, you will revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth thine hand against the wrath of mine enemies, and thy right hand shall save me. Amen. God is faithful. His promises are true, and they are faithful. Isn't he good? Isn't God good? We sing that song, Ain't God good to give us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are. We ought to thank him. Love and praise him a little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. Oh, ain't God good to give us so many blessings undeserving. That's what we are, and we ought to thank him. Oh, love and praise him a little more today and a whole lot more tomorrow. Amen. Amen. God is good. His promises are true. They are yea, and they are amen. It be it, so be it, God. It's your promise. So be it. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, right? For thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. All, I mean, Psalms 23, some of those scriptures, Psalms 27. 
The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Right? We need this word in us. Find these promises in the book that minister to you and commit them to memory. Put some money in the bank. Put some put put some money in the bank, some things in there, because you're going to eventually come into a situation where that person that's been through what you've been through, you're going to be able to testify to them and say, you know what? I've been through that, and here's what God did. When I didn't know what to do, and I just cried out, Jesus, this is what he came in and did. There's people out there, folks, that are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, and they're desiring for somebody to listen to them, listen to their story, be a good listening ear, and then somebody to say, you know, I got something, good. I got something better for you. It's a better promise. You know, all these things, just they're not just lessons. This is stuff that, that you're going to remember this stuff when you're out there. There's a better life for you to live than the one you're living. You don't have to keep living like that. Amen? Father, we love you today. We praise you today. And we thank you today for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy for each one that has come. We pray your covering over those that are traveling in the next day that you would have your way.